This is the 401 Podcast. Join Rhode Island sports journalist and basketball scribe Kevin McNamara with guests from the Ocean State sports scene and beyond. Now, here's your host, Kevin McNamara. Hello and welcome to the 401 Podcast on Kevin Mac Sports. I'm very happy you found us either off the website or on iTunes. And please spread the word. I'd like to think that after only a month, we have the best sports podcast in Rhode Island. With guests like today's, the 401 Podcast is clearly going national. After all, only a few media members in the country are synonymous with college basketball, and I'm so pleased to welcome the biggest ambassador of all, Dick Vitale is college hoops. Since he left coaching and called ESPN's first ever major college basketball game, when Wisconsin played at DePaul in 1979, Dick Vitale has been a leading face and voice in the game. While his basketball knowledge clearly dates back to his coaching days in both college and the NBA, it is the passionate, enthusiastic style that Dickie V is most known for. After all, what fan doesn't know that Chris Dunn was a PT peer, that Fats Russell is a 3D man, or that everyone in college basketball seems to have candidates for Dickie V's all Marco Polo team? These are all Dick Vitale terms and phrases. I've always been a big Dick Vitale fan, mostly because he's genuine. What you see is who he is. Dick and old friend Dick Hoops Weiss have a new book out called The Lost Season. It's a look at what might have happened had the 2020 NCAA tournament not been canceled by the pandemic. I talked about that book and so much more with the 401 podcast's very first member of the Naismith Hall of Fame, Dick Vitale. So we want to welcome in Dick Vitale to the 401 podcast on Kevin Mack Sports. Uh, needless to say, this man needs no introduction. He is college basketball. First of all, Dick, thanks for joining me very much. I really appreciate it. Oh, no, Kevin, I have great respect for you. I've been following you for years. You're a good lawyer, stuff in the Providence paper. Keep abreast of what's happening out there in the New England area, and you're right on top of it, whether it be the Celtics, whether it be the Patriots. I'm a big fan of all sports, uh, whether it be the Red Sox, whether it be college. You do a great job. I appreciate it. Uh, I want to tell you a quick story. Uh, so I'm a student at Syracuse back in the 80s, writing for the Daily Orange. And by then, you're probably, well, it's not even 10 years at ESPN, believe it or not. So this is the Wayback Machine. And they say, well, you know, Dick Vitale is coming into town. And boy, when, when Dickie V comes into town, it's a big game. So <laughs> Pearl Washington was, a, I believe, a sophomore. Patrick would have been a junior or a senior. So I pick up the phone. I, I call the Hotel Syracuse downtown. I ask for Dick Vitale. Sure enough, you pick up the phone. You, you gave a, a, a clueless student, you know, five, six, seven minutes, which is all I needed. And now, uh, 40 years later, I, I, I want to thank you again. And, and, and I really appreciate uh, that as well. I'll tell you one thing, Kevin. Those were great days in the Big East. I mean, those days were unbelievable when you had the Mullen and Barry and St. John's, Syracuse with the Washingtons and the Coleman's and the Ewings and George. I mean, they were so unique. Today's just not the same. You know, players leaving so early, players checking out. Uh, you never know really what a roster looks like. I'm getting ready for a game and do my first game will be up Kentucky, Kansas. And, you know, you, you look at the rosters, this guy just declared eligible. That's kind of, it's, it's wacky. It really is. And think about just the talent on those teams in the 80s versus today. It was just totally different in every single way and really helped launch 
ESPN, and Dick Vitale, correct? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Played a big part in my life. Uh, those Monday night games were unreal. I, mean, I can't believe you just said 40 years. This is my 42nd year I'm starting at ESPN. <laughs> 42. I'm sitting here talking. I'm 81 years old. I feel like uh, somebody told me today I was at a place signing uh, books and all, raising money for the V Foundation uh, by selling my book and all. And, and I'm sitting there and said, man, there's no way you're 81. you got more energy than a 20-year-old. I said, well... That's a great compliment. I love hearing that, but when I look in the mirror, I know my age. Well, I, I want to take you even further back because it's funny. Uh, since the Big East was reformed and went out with Fox, uh, we don't see Dick Vitale at Big East games anymore. Uh, and I keep telling people, that's not his choice. This is an Eastern guy. He's a New Jersey guy, went to Seton Hall. Uh, I believe you got out in 62, 63, something like that. Uh, you are Eastern basketball. You just unfortunately don't get, get a chance to you know to hit those the, the Providences, your alma mater, Villanova. I'm sure you'd love to see some of those ball games. I really would. You know, Fox has got that. And I, I did a thing the other day, and I firmly believe this. Uh, John Gasway, who works at ESPN, basically said it, but I believe exactly uh, the statement that I really think the Big East, first of all, should be in basketball a Power Six conference. I mean, it's as good as any conference, basically. When you look at the likes of Villanova and Creighton, Seton Hall, Providence, and you go right down the list, I mean, there aren't no cupcakes, especially if you go on a road. You play on a road in that league, it's tough. And there's some great games. There's no doubt about it. But you got to go where your bosses pay you and where, and where they send you, and you go there. And I'm just, at my age, I'm just excited I can go anywhere. Coach, can you tell me about your relationship? I believe you once said that either he was a, a bitty basketball you know, star in your area growing up. Vinny Ernst. Did you know Vin Ernst, the, the great Providence player? Well, I, I didn't know him personally, but I certainly knew of him and watched him. And, oh, my God, he was uh, St. Aloysius High School out there. You tested my mind out, Kevin. I have a tough time in my age. remember what I did yesterday. <laughs> but that's like 50, 60 years ago. And he played at St. Aloysius. He was a terrific player at Jersey City. I mean, really, five, like five, maybe seven, five, eight, dynamic with the basketball, great handle, explosive, terrific. I mean, I think in the years of Providence with the great guards and Johnny Egan's, again, I'm testing my memory here, but the Johnny Egan's, the DeGregorio's, I mean, that was unbelievable watching those guys play. I was a fanatic, and you certainly can't forget about when the little, a big more size, uh, Jimmy Walker, I mean, he was the first guy. You know, we see guys now between the legs, around the back. He was doing that, man, years and years ago. Dick, that's exactly what I'm looking for. These Providence fans, the ones of your vintage, all they want to talk about, they, they, they love talking about the modern-day Big East and whatnot, but when they get a chance to talk about uh, Lenny Wilkins, Vinnie Ernst, uh, Jimmy Walker, uh, Big John Thompson, the excitement in their voices. Dave Gavitt, the, uh, Joe Mullaney. I mean, Joe Mullaney was terrific. And Dave Gavitt, they had some dynamite teams uh, early in my career back in the, oh, well, we started 79 at ESPN. So I started here in 79, and like 79, 80, doing some of the Providence games was really a lot of fun. People know Dick Vitale of a Hall of Fame broadcaster, but you were a heck of a coach. Uh, the, the highlight was at the University of Detroit in 1977. I believe you were 25 and 4. Uh, I, I was a young basketball fan at that point, and I was so excited as a Celtic fan to get a hot rod off the bench, you know, instant offense uh, type player named Terry Durod. You had Terry. You had a few other really great NBA players. I believe you had three NBA players on, on that University of Detroit team. You know, we have three. We really could have had four. We had Terry Tyler. 
who played like 12, 14 years in the league. We had John Long played like 12 or 14. I don't know exactly how many, but they played double-figure years in the league, had good numbers. I mean, all average double figures. And Terry was a great, great guy, as well as the players was John Long. And Terry Durhat, sweet dude, man. He was a long-range jump shooter. But the reason I said we had more, this is unbelievable. I'll never forget this because I really think, I mean, it's crazy. You know, we all like to dream, speculate, all of us. I think we would have been a national championship team. I really believe that. The year you mentioned, we won 21 games in a row. We had beaten Marquette, who won the national title that year. We beat them in Milwaukee, and we were good, man. We were really good. And up the road from us, we couldn't get them on the schedule. About, oh, God, 60 miles away from us was Michigan. Johnny Orr had a great team, if you remember, Ricky Green, Phil Hubbard, I know you do, Kevin. I do. So you're a basketball fanatic. And those guys were terrific. And they were number one in the country. And my players would come in every day in the office and they'd scream at me, Coach, why can't we play them? Coach, why can't we play We play with them in the summer. We're as good as them. I said, guys, I can't get them on the schedule. We beat them my very first year. I got the job. Uh, they were on the schedule when I got the job. And we beat them. We can't be Russell with them. And from that moment on, we couldn't get them. And that's why always on Selection Sunday, I scream and yell about the mid-major guys getting screwed big time. I keep hearing about who they play. Bottom line is you can't play. You beat those guys. They don't want to be part of nothing to do with you. So anyway, all of a sudden, when the selections came out, they had to put us in. We had 120 in a row, 25 and four. And they only take two independents. I mean, out there, you got to usually Marquette and Notre Dame. Mm. There were only 32 teams. Well, they took us. They had to because we beat Marquette in Milwaukee. I mean, how could they take them and not us? But the bottom line is, one of my assistants comes in and says, you're not going to believe it. I just saw the draw, just came out, and we play Michigan if we get to the Sweet 16. I said, call a team meeting. Call a team meeting. We put up on a big board. I said, all I've been hearing from you, all I'm hearing, you want to play Michigan? Oh, you really want to play Michigan? Well, you're going to get your chance if you win. They're going to be there, but are we going to be there? And we played them. It's the last game I coached in college. Rupp Arena, place packed, all kinds of tea for us. We don't get on TV. In fact, this is unbelievable, Kevin. I might go on with this. This changed my life because this got me hired at ESPN. What happened was they decided to televise our game on NBC. They televised it, and the producer, a guy by the name of Scotty Connell, was there. And he came down to me, and he said, basically, as we're practicing, uh, I need you for five minutes. We're going to televise your game with Michigan, uh, you know, on NBC. And John Wooden's going to do the game, along with Kirk County. And Kirk County, wow. I love Kirk County. got to know him a little bit at the end of his life. And, man, I was in awe every time I was around him because being a baseball fanatic, I used to talk to him always about Ted Williams and his fishing and all. And Kirk County do my game. I was like a little kid. I couldn't believe this. I mean, I'm like, I guess I'm in my 30s, then, early 30s. So now I said, sure. And I called my dad and said, kids get a picture with them and talk to them as they were in a practice session. And they came over. And I gave a five-minute talk about the term greatness and how they epitomized greatness and how we use that term so loosely, including me. But this, when you have John Wooden, Kirk Gowdy, they represented greatness. And how thrilled we were to do it again. But Kevin, little did I know, after we got beaten that game in the last minute, we got beaten on heartbreaker loss. Bottom line is I go coaching the NBA. I got fired on November 8, 1979. My phone rings about a week later. 
the guy calls me up, and I don't know, he says, you know, uh, you're not going to remember me, Dick, but I was the producer for the game when you played against uh, Michigan in, in the NCAA tournament. I was the executive producer of NBC Sports. I don't think he was the actual producer, per se, but he was in charge. And he said, well, i just been named the head of a new network, me and our boss from NBC is coming over, uh, and we're going to come over there, Chet Simmons and I. My name is Scotty Connell, and I'd like you to do our very first big game, the Paul of Wisconsin. And he said to me, you know, I wrote your name down. When we left the arena that night, Coach Wooden and Kurt Gotti said, man, we love that guy's energy and his enthusiasm. <laughs> He'd be great in TV, Scotty. So I wrote your name down, and I saw you just got fired. That game led me to television. Sure, how about that? That's a great story. I appreciate it. The, the same year, that Michigan team, which was loaded, very famous team here in Providence, uh, you appreciate the craftiness of Dave Gavitt. Dave Gavitt's maybe all-time greatest scheduling move was he got Johnny Orr in Michigan, who was preseason number one that year, to come to Providence for a Christmas tournament. And Providence beat him in double overtime. To this day, people say it's the greatest win in, in the, the Providence Civic Center history by the Friars. So I, I can certainly appreciate how good that wow. Michigan team was. Well, you know, the reason I was going to tell you, we had four players. You wouldn't believe this. You know who was with us, but he couldn't play, was ineligible because of, I think, the most ridiculous situation. There was a kid we had in Detroit who wanted to come on us. So he couldn't come in then. He had to go to junior college. So he goes to junior college, and Robert Morris, and he calls me up after about a year there, and he calls me up, and he says, Coach, they're telling me they're going Division One, and they're saying I'm going to stay here. He said, I didn't come here to go to Division One. Robert Marsh is going Division One. His name was Earl Curitan. Oh, Big sure. time rebounder. Remember, he was a glass eater, played the NBA with the Sixers. If I got Curitan, Tyler, Long, Durant, we'd probably win the national championship. Because the one guy that hurt us time in the game against Michigan in the class was Phil Hubbard, and Curitan could have neutralized him. We wanted to take a quick break to remind our listeners that we are just two weeks away from Thanksgiving. While you're hustling to track down the turkey and all the trimmings, remember to swing by and visit my friends at Haxton's Liquors. Tim and Bobby Haxton and their employees are ready to serve you with Rhode Island's largest selection and lowest prices. It's been that way since 1933. Now, Tim hasn't been there since 1933, but the Haxtons have been operating an outlet at 1123 Bald Hill Road in Warwick for over 85 years. I remember swinging by with my father for his Narragansetts back in the day. Now I visit Haxton's for all my holiday spirits as well. Haxton's owns a great selection of beer, wine, and all sorts of liquors. So mask up and stop in and say hello to the Haxton's. We're thrilled that they are proud sponsors of Kevin Mack Sports. Uh, Dick, I, I received your book in the mail the other day, The Lost Season, written with uh, our good friend Dick Weiss and, and Howie Schwab. Uh, I understand did, did an awful lot of the research uh, for it. And uh, I just want to tell Friar fans, uh, URI fans, anyone here in New England who, who listens uh, to our podcast, go out and get it. Uh, all college basketball fans were crushed last year when, when the pandemic uh, canceled the NCAA tournament. Providence... Uh, as much as any team in the East, they were roaring, had won six in a row, really excited to get into the NCAA tournament. You and Dick, I guess, did a draw. You can explain how you did it. Uh, and Providence ended up being matched up with Florida. Actually, a rematch of a regular season game where the Gators really tore apart the Friars. So you have Florida barely beating Providence in that first round game. I, I can't argue with it. You know, Florida beat them bad in the regular season. So it's hard for me to say <laughs> that Providence is better. But I'll just summarize it. You have a final four of uh, Florida State, Seton Hall, Michigan State, and Gonzaga. 
And uh, the, the lucky coach who ended up writing the forward to the book was Leonard Hamilton from Florida State. Uh, can you just uh, summarize why you wanted to do that book? Yeah, you know, first of all, it was great therapy. Sitting around, you know, believe I was really devastated when I was getting ready to go. It's unbelievable. I, was getting, I flew back. I had done it, uh, the tournament, Gonzaga, near tournament on the West Coast down in Vegas. I did that game, flew home, came home to get some clothing, and my wife and I were getting ready to go on a plane and go to the SEC uh, tournament. They're going to do the semifinals and the finals. And as I get in the car, I get a phone call. My boss comes, forget about it. Don't go. I said, what happened? He said, the tournament's canceled. And then shortly after that, I heard that the NCAA was and I, you know, been sitting around moping like many people. You know, the pandemic's been such a nightmare to so many of us, uh, and to all the people. Really, mine is nothing compared to people who've lost their jobs, people losing their lives, illness. Uh, I wish people would follow uh, what the science experts say about putting a mask on and about social distancing. I watch some of the scenes, and and it just breaks your heart. And that's why this thing is spread like it is. But anyway. You know, it was like therapy. So I, I was talking to Dick Weiss one day and Howie Schwab, and we started talking. And I said, you know, let's do a book. We just have a little fun, a little fantasy draw. And that's what we did. And, and, and just that for me, you know, Kevin, one of the reasons I did the book as well, if you know in the beginning, all the dollars that I would make from the book, every dollar, not 80 cents, 70 cents, is going to the V Foundation for Kids Battling Cancer. So if anyone would like, well, you can help us where the money goes to the V Foundation. You go to DickVitale.com, DickVitale.com, and you can order an autographed copy. If you want me to say Providence is the best in the nation, I will write anything you want me to write. You fill out the form, and I'll tell you, to raise money for kids, so far, my gal, I'm so proud to say this, Kevin, out of all the things that have happened in my life, and Hall of Fame and all that jazz in college and the Hall of Fame and the Naismith and Broadcasting Hall of Fame. One of my biggest thrills is the fact that my gala now has raised $37 million for kids battling cancer. And we're trying to add to it, so we need more money. So people just go to DickVitale.com. And, uh, Coach, that that's going to be your legacy. Uh, it's going to be your legacy with your dearest friends and the proceeds to that book, to the V Foundation for Pediatric Cancer Research, is just such a blessing. And before you leave us, Dick, you actually just brought up something that I wanted you. There's so many things that I've, you know, seen you over the years speak. You're an outstanding motivational speaker. You spoke about the tough times that people have gone through with this pandemic. A lot of job loss. Obviously, some awful sickness. Sickness. Way too many people getting sick dying and then you also mentioned how you had to pull yourself off off the mat after getting fired from the detroit pistons and found a new life uh you you say you know i got the ziggy and i bounced back from the ziggy people have to bounce back through this pandemic can you just give a few minutes on on that front thank you kevin thank you for mentioning that or asking me to do that i really yes i've done a lot of motivational speaking i've watched the speakers group for the last 30 years that I've spoken all over, whether it be a black tie event, an athletic banquet, etc., corporate groups. And I can tell you this, the toughest speeches I've had to give in my life, I was asked to speak at several funerals for kids who I got to know when they came to my gala or their family was at my gala if they weren't, and they lost their lives and the parents asked me to speak. Let me tell you, just tore my heart out. And we're going through tough times. There's no doubt about it. we got two choices. One, I've always realized, and my wife reminded me this, I was very depressed. I was really as down as could be on November 8, 79, when I got fired by the Pistons. 
I mean, I was, my buddy used to label me back in New Jersey, a boy, a ball, a dream. I was nothing but a, you know, a sixth grade teacher chasing dreams, a gym rat, going to games, wasn't a great player, didn't know a lot of people, but all I knew is my love for the game. And man, I loved it and loved it. When I got rose, you know, think about this, in 1970, I'm coaching in high school, and we get lucky I have a couple of good players. One in particular was a great player in high school. And he led us to the state championships two years in a row. And then I got a chance to go to Rutgers. They told me, you can't recruit this kid. And that kid, that's Rutgers. And I used to always say, well, if you think you're mediocre, you'll be mediocre. <clears throat> Bottom line is, why can't we get great players at Rutgers? So I made my effort like crazy to go after the best. And the best was Phil Sellers, Mike Dabney, and we got those kids. Then I get offered a job in Detroit. I'm cold there. You can't get fans. It's the race riots just recently. The whole bad people, racial tension, all this jazz going on, and, and you know nobody wants to come back downtown. Uh, once they go to suburbia after work, and I said, "You're crazy. If we give them a product, they're going to come. I don't. They don't care what people are, black, white, green, red, doesn't matter. If you give them a product, they're going to come. And man, they came, and they supported us big time." And then I go out to the NBA, so my career was exploding in a matter of like, oh, I don't know, uh, from 1973 to so in about seven years, I go from the sixth grade to the NBA, <laughs> and then I'm fired. I'm fired. I, I feel lost. And my wife tells me, you got two choices. Feel sorry for yourself, and I did. I sat home watching Luke and Laura at General Hospital. I was so down. And she says, or you pick up the pieces, stop whining and crying and moaning, and go out with your life. Do what you always have preached to get where you're at and how true she is. And that's my message to all of you out there. No matter how tough your times are, you got two choices. One, pick up the pieces and go on and prove that you can do something in a positive manner or sit and moan and groan and cry about it and it's going to get you nowhere. You know, I, I always tell people this too. You think you're tough today? Well, I'm going to tell you about toughness today. Today... 45 to 50 mothers and fathers are going home hearing four words that no mom and dad ever wants to hear. And this happens every day. Your child has cancer. Mm. And it is life-changing what it does to a family. And that's why I've been dedicating, you know, my last few years, my whole life. I've I lived a blessed life. i got a beautiful wife, 49 years, two daughters who smarter than I ever been. They both went to Notre Dame. They got their masters at Notre Dame. They've given me five grandkids. In fact, Saturday's going to be a big treat for me. Uh, my twin grandsons are seniors, and they're signing their national letter of intent to go to Duke to play tennis. They're in the top 20 in the nation in tennis. I got a granddaughter right now who's a freshman at Notre Dame playing tennis. I got a grandson who's a junior, has already committed uh, lacrosse for Notre Dame. And I got a granddaughter who's in ninth grade who is really probably could be could be really special in tennis and as a, as a youngster and all good students. So I've lived a blessed life, love giving back. I appreciate that, uh, Dick. That's outstanding. Uh, last one. Do you expect to be in gyms, uh, arenas at the start of the season? I, I know that uh, obviously all the networks are, are thinking about having announcers uh, call some games remotely. You know, it's it just what I've been told right now, all I can tell you, Kevin, I've been told, I think, there's going to be a lot of changes. I told my wife this earlier today. I said, I could see myself going to a game. And as we get there, and we're all going to go through protocols, which is the right thing to do. We're all going to get tested. The teams are going to get tested. We could be at a game the night before arri- arriving, 
go through the test, the day of the game, the next day, find out that maybe a player or two came down with COVID and the game's canceled while we're there. I mean, who knows what you see right now, LSU, Alabama, football's canceled, Georgia's canceled. I mean, you never know. But, yes, they're trying. right now I'm scheduled to go for my first game is Kentucky-Kansas on December 1, and then my second game is the Jimmy V Classic right the next day, right there in the same city in Indianapolis, unless that changes. And things could change daily. So I, I really don't know. And then I understand they're going to put in my home a uh, situation where I can call games. I'm not great in technology, so this is going to be good. Right. You can call games from my house, and my partner could be in his house or be in somewhere and call a game uh, that's happening. Well, if I can pull off this podcast in my house, I, I, I like your chances to still be Dick Vitale and, and, and get college basketball fans excited in some way, shape, or form. It's going to be a crazy year. Just please remain healthy and have fun, Dick, and I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Kevin, and like I said, people are lucky to have you up there because you know what I love about you, Kevin? In the day and age we live now in the media, it's so easy. People want to take shots at everybody, rip everybody, but team was just to try and make a name. Why can't people, you know, he's critical. I'm critical in arms and coaches and all in terms of what strategy and all. But you can do it without being so vicious. And that's, you've always been a guy of integrity. You've always reported what you've seen. And you've done a great job. And that's why you've got a great reputation. And I want to close with this, Kevin, because it means so much to me as well. Our nation needs a lot more love. Our nation right now is filled with too much hate. And if they could only adopt and follow what my parents instilled in me, my mother and father were uneducated. They had a fifth-grade education, but they had a doctorate of love. And I would hear in my house constantly, was never Dick, was Richie. Richie, just remember this, Richie. Treat people how you want to be treated. If we all did that, Kevin, if all of us treated each other with respect and dignity, what a nation we'd have. Instead, there's so much hate out there, and it just tears my heart out seeing that. It's been a difficult uh, stretch in the America. There's no question about it. But uh, sports can bring us together. And, and I think people like yourself uh, have helped that over the course of, of your great career. And, and, Dick, again, I appreciate it very much. Have a great Thanksgiving and, and a healthy season, please. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it so much, Kevin. Stay in touch. Sure will. Thanks very much to the one and only Dick Vitale. Here's to another great season behind the mic, whether it's from your home in Sarasota or in so many of the country's great college basketball arenas. Please tell your friends about our podcast, subscribe on iTunes, and remember, if you mask up, we all might be able to enjoy a full college basketball season this winter. Thanks for listening to the 401 Podcast with Kevin McNamara. Get the 411 on the sports scene in the 401 by subscribing to the 401 Podcast from KevinMacSports.com.